I'm of the opinion that a parish must do three things and do three things well. These are sort of non-negotiables. The first and by far the most important is the parish must celebrate the most sacred, the, the most holy sacrifice of the mass worthily and well with reverence and devotion. Our primary duty is to worship God and so we must celebrate the most holy sacrifice of the mass well. If you do not, I don't really know what the parish is doing. The second thing which the parish must do very, very well is it must teach and preach the truths of the faith. And then to the best of its ability, it must live in accord with that truth. Once again, a parish that does not value truth, I don't really know what they are doing. And the final thing, which I think is a non-negotiable for every parish, is it must give alms. And it must give alms with charity and with love and take care of those who are in need in its local community. The notion of almsgiving runs all the way back through the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 15, the Lord kind of says, look, you will always have the poor among you. Therefore, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in the land. And in order to support this, in the Old Testament, the Lord sort of baked in certain commandments which were designed to take care of the poor. So you see in Deuteronomy 24, the Lord gives the command that when you harvest your vineyard, you are only allowed to pass through and pick grapes once. And the reason for this is the Lord recognized that if you only pass through once, you would not get all the grapes. Some would be left behind. And those were to be left for the poor, for the widow, for the orphan, for the alien, so that they may have food to eat. And the reason for this, per the Lord, is he says, because you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. You were slaves. It is as if the Lord is saying, look, at one time you were poor and you were needy and you were vulnerable and I helped you. And so now you yourselves must help those who are poor and who are needy and who are vulnerable. And so the Lord says the same thing to us. He says, at one time, you were enslaved to sin. You were deprived of grace. You were poor and you were needy before me. And I helped you. And so now you must share that love with others. In the old law, there was also a collection taken up three times a year for orphans, for widows, for foreigners. It was a cycle so that they would be taken care of. And these distributions to the poor were usually joined to some sort of ritual or liturgical element. So you see in the second book of Samuel, David is leading the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. And when he does so, he offers peace offerings and burnt offerings to the Lord. And then he takes up a collection to be distributed to the poor. The prophet Ezra does the same thing in the eighth chapter of Nehemiah. He declares a Sabbath and he reads scripture and he preaches and he tells his people to have festive meals and then they are to distribute money to the poor. There is a recognition in the Old Testament that our first and primary duty is to worship God. But then from that worship should flow almsgiving. 
So if all you do is go to Mass, but you do not give alms, and you do not care for the poor, then you have done it incorrectly. And likewise, if all you do is support the poor, but you neglect the right worship of God, you wouldn't be here. But if that were the case, you would act incorrectly. We must love God above all things, and flowing right out of that should be almsgiving. The reward for almsgiving throughout sacred scripture is manifold. One is it atones for sins. As James says, love covers a multitude of sins. So Daniel, when he is the prophet, he goes to the king and he says, atone for your sins with almsgiving and pay back your misdeeds with good works to the poor, atonement of sins. The book of Sirach, when it talks about almsgiving, calls it a sacrifice of praise. As our Lord points out in the gospel, God is glorified by our good works. And so when we take care of the poor and the weak and the vulnerable, we glorify God. We offer him praise. There's also the notion, which you see in the book of Tobit, of like fairness. Tobit says, do not turn your face away from the poor so that God may not turn his face away from you. Once again, there's the notion of you come before God and you seek grace and you seek forgiveness and you seek for him to pour out his goodness upon you. So when people seek this from you, you must not turn away from them. That would be hypocritical. As our Lord told his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. And finally, we see in the book of Proverbs, it says, whoever cares for the poor lends to the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ takes up this notion in the Gospel of Matthew when he says, whatever you do for the least of my brethren, you do for me. Father Luke, my formator in the seminary, used to tell me about when he worked in Oshkosh at the homeless shelter, Father Carr's place to be, it's called. And he had to make the beds that the homeless would then come and sleep on. And Father Carr used to tell the men, you make that bed not for a person. When you make that bed, you are making it for our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it should be made appropriately. Whatever you do for the least of my brethren, you do for me. And we have to remember this because I know many of you take care of elderly family members or your neighbors or friends who are sick, who are vulnerable. Many times, especially if those people are suffering mental health disease, they may not even be aware that we are helping them. It is a thankless job. It is a difficult job. It is a tiring job. But remember, when you take care of these people, you are in fact taking care of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the one whom you are caring for may not thank you, but God thanks you. The one you are caring for may not be aware that you are caring for them. God is aware that you are caring for them. We must also care for the poor in imitation of our Lord. If you think about what our Lord did on Good Friday, he poured himself out on the cross. He gave of himself freely. He gave of his blood freely. He gave of his life freely. And so we must imitate that generosity. We must give freely to one another. In the book of Tobit, when Tobit is going forth on his journey, his father gives him words of wisdom, very fatherly words, before he sends him on his way. And it's worth quoting what he said because he gives him some advice on alms. He said, give alms from your possessions. Do not turn your face away from those who are poor so that God may not turn his face away from you. If you have great wealth, 
give greatly. If you have little, even from the little that you have, give. You will be storing up a treasure for yourself against the day of adversity. For almsgiving delivers from death and keeps one from entering into darkness. Almsgiving is a worthy offering in the sight of the Most High. So we must give alms flowing from our love for God. And many people say, well, what can I do? One option is to engage in the formal programs which the parish has. In our e-bulletin every month, we have a ministry of the month so that throughout the year you see the various activities going on in the parish. But I think more importantly, you just take advantage of opportunities as they arise. I've learned as a priest that most of preaching the gospel is just taking advantage of opportunities. So you all have sick friends and sick family members and people in need who are suffering, who are undergoing surgeries. Cook them a meal, reach out to them, send them a card, support them. Every time I see my little sister, she sends me home with a casserole. She just takes advantage of the opportunity. Here's my starving brother, I'll give him a casserole. The situation just arises and she seizes the moment. If you have a charitable heart and you're looking to give alms, the Lord will walk you into situations where then you can respond to his grace and give alms. And in doing this, you will glorify our Heavenly Father who freely gave to us.